Well, good to see you all, and uh, welcome to the start of our new fall series, and we're calling this series, it's called Origins, and uh, the Origins idea, we're starting to work our way through the first 12 chapters in the book of Genesis, and uh, you'll notice maybe the, the trend even in a movie franchise world, they always take time to tell the origin story of the main characters, right? The, because they, they, they realize something, they realize that you can make better sense out of why somebody's a certain way by looking at their past, right? Think about all the different origin stories you've maybe seen over the years in Hollywood, whether it's Superman, you're able to make oh, more sense because he's from the planet. There you go. He's from the, they have a different gravitational field, which, uh, you know, that changes things, whether it's Superman or whether it's, uh, you fill in the blank, Han Solo has a history of theft, it makes sense, you know, Spider-Man bit by a lab spider, The Rock is from an island of large Samoans that like cars, uh, that helps you make sense out of The Rock, and The Hulk is a bunch of gamma rays, whether it's Thor, uh, biceps only come from God like that, and so either way, the, the idea is this. They, they tell the story because they realize by looking back, you can tell a lot more about somebody's present reality by looking back. And similar for us, when we're wrestling through, where did I come from? Why am I like this? Why, why do I have these intricacies? There's so many things that I would suggest in our own reality that demand an origin story. Even if it's just looking at our address, and I don't mean physical address, I mean address looking at our planet. Have you ever stopped and thought about, wait a second, how am I actually sitting? Right now, do you realize that you're sitting on a planet that's two-thirds water, that's currently right now in this moment rotating at a thousand miles an hour? So ladies, the next time your husband gives you a hard time for being too slow, just be like, I'm going a thousand miles an hour, what do you expect? But here, here's the, the idea, the rotation, whether it's that or whether it's the fact that we're perfectly placed 93 million miles from the sun. Another ball, only that ball is constantly, it's, it's filled with, with heat and flame and gases and it never seems to what? Burn out. If you were a mile closer, we would all be fried, but instead we're perfectly enjoying the nice fall weather. All of these things demand for us to ask some origin questions, whether it's that or whether it's the complexities of the human body. I don't know what moves you to want to move to ask some questions, but I think it's important for us to look back to our origins. Did you know that the word Genesis... The word Genesis actually, the original word actually means origin. And because it's the origin of so many different things, think about all the origins that come in Genesis. The origin of the universe, the origin of life, the origin of man, of relationships, marriage, family, parenting, government, nations, culture, language. Gives the origin of evil, free will, justice, consequence, and ultimately the rescue plan of Jesus Christ. All of these origins start in this book, so I think it's worthy of us giving some attention to it because you can make so much clearer sense out of our present reality by looking to the past. Let me pray before we dive in. Lord Jesus, we invite you to speak to us this fall through this book to help us connect some dots, to help us make sense out of some of the things we struggle with, make some sense out of some current realities that maybe don't make sense outside of a creator, outside of free will. 
God, I ask that you'd be present in this room and that you'd work the, the way that only you can in the study of your word. We invite that in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. So you can turn with me. It's so much easier when we're all looking at the, the Bible together, whether it's your phone, a Bible in the chair in front of you, your own Bible, whatever it is. But we're starting in Genesis 1, and it shouldn't be too hard to find in your Bible. It's at the very, very, very front. And while you're turning there, which shouldn't take long, I want to give a, a little bit of background uh, for this book to make sure we're on the same page. It's the introduction of what Scripture describes as the Pentateuch, which is the first five books of the, the Bible. But it's also the introduction of the entire Bible as a whole. In fact, it's quoted more than a hundred times in the New Testament, in case you're wondering if there's a connection between the old and the new. The author, in case you're wondering, most have agreed upon this. It's pointed to in the New Testament that it's Moses that wrote the book. It was written for a very specific purpose. If you think about it, it was God specifically meeting a need by downloading these details to Moses about who they were and where they were headed. Really, for us present day, it's still the same need that it's meeting. Who are we and where are we headed are found in the pages of Genesis couple disclaimers to make sure we're all clear as well. It's not a complete science book. It's not a complete science book. Sometimes people get confused thinking, well, it didn't cover this, it didn't cover that. It doesn't cover every single detail of science, but on the flip side, it complements science perfectly. It's not a complete world history book either, but it's also perfectly complements and tells us our history. In fact, I think so often we're looking for it to explain how God created the world, and rather it's just wanting to let us know that he created the world. It's an important difference in that, and a lot of people have gotten bent over lots of minutia details in Genesis, and you're like, yeah, I think you're kind of missing the point. In fact, I love that uh, when uh, Job finally started uh, in the, the book of Job that we studied not that long ago, started wrestling with God and asking, asking him questions. I love that God's response. You can see it there in Job 38. He says, Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Dress for action like a man. I will question you and you make it known to me. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. He goes on the next 69 verses after that with the best verbal beatdown of Scripture, making sure that Job understands that, hey, our little minds can't comprehend all of it. But he gave us the needed information for us to understand what? Our origin, that it started with him. Kind of looking back in a better example might be you're just listening in to family history. Who their God is, who they are, how they messed up, and how God planned to redeem them. But that doesn't mean that the overview that's given isn't exactly perfect. Perfectly accurate, but it, it, to be honest, leaves a few blanks that people have had trouble filling in. Some of those blanks that a lot of people wrestle over, you're familiar with it if you had this conversation, is how long some of this took. Have you guys ever been in one of those conversations about young earth or old earth? You know what? I believe that there's some freedom in that. You can have some different opinions. I lean towards young earth, and then I know a lot of people that are wrong. And No, I'm just saying... <laughs> But there's some people that, that have different views that I, re I respect. 
There's also people that have different views of how microevolution came into play, that God may have used a process in creation, but that doesn't mean that macroevolution, which is one thing became another, actually makes sense in this context as we're about to see in the study here. But either way, my point being is there's room for some different stances on some of these things. And in fact, I believe some of those stances are not going to be included in the entrance exam to heaven. So let's hold it loosely as we're talking through this. Also, I want to make sure that we're clear that I have a Bible degree, not a science degree. So I'm not going to cover every scientific thing. In fact, you might be like, Scott, why didn't you cover that? And I'm like, because I don't understand it. And so here's the, there, there, there's some of this that I'm going to try to point to the character of God through this study. So I'm excited to work our way through it. Plenty of resources I can point to. Ken Ham's Answer in Genesis uh, website is a wonderful place to start to get more scientific if you like. Uh, but either way, we're going to dive in and see where God takes us in this series, starting in verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's a wonderful starting point. Some joke that that's the first mention of baseball in the beginning. But either way, this is the breathtaking declaration if you think about it. Because in that day and age, that they had this mindset that all the different religions around them had this mindset that there's just a plethora of different gods out there. This is saying, in the beginning, God. There is a God at the beginning. That's an important thing still today for us to realize. Because think of the absence of that. The absence of that is what? An existence of hopelessness. If there's no God, you're just a random blob of flesh. And when you start asking some of the big questions, how did I get here? Is there a God? What am I doing here? What's my purpose? Think about the hopelessness absent of that statement. When there's no God in the equation, what are you left with? You're a blob. What am I doing here? Nothing. Where are you headed? Nowhere. Do you see that how it, go, it goes pretty dark pretty quick? The moral decay that happens absent of a God that there's accountability to is pretty staggering as we see with so many that hold on to that false understanding of reality. Even if you think logically, here's what I, we were having a conversation with some folks after the first service, even just thinking logically, nobody comes to conclusions after they've seen something with complexity that that must have come from nothing, right? Nobody would look at my iPhone right now and say like, oh yeah, that's, that's cool, that's, man, that really evolved nicely from dirt, you know? Like you'd be like, no, the evidence is you look at the details in this and what it's able to do, you, you look at the details and you say, oh man, there must be a designer. And here, right at the opening of the Bible, it's saying, yes, there is a designer, there's a maker, there's a creator. For anyone in the world around us to say that this all came from a large explosion and a whole lot of nothing, man, that's a belief system in and of itself. I would suggest to the evolutionists, I would suggest, wait a second, man, I, I compliment you on your faith to believe that this all came from nothing and progressed over time like this. The next time you're looking at your yard in the back and someone complains, maybe the HOA, and says, hey, it's a, it's a real mess, you need to clean it up, you wouldn't say to that person, hey, 
Just give it a little time. It's going to take care of itself, you know? Like, don't, don't worry. If we just give it enough time, it's all going to, it's going to work towards order. No, that would be insanity. We understand that it starts with a beginning. And here we see that beginning. In the beginning, God created. He's the designer. He's the, has authority over all. And if you think about it, what a wonderful reality that is, that you actually have purpose, that there's a reason for your existence. You're not a random accident. In fact, tell the person next to you right now this morning, say you're not a random accident. They need to hear that this morning. (laughs) Ah, that's refreshing, isn't it? You're not a random, some are having fun with that statement. You're not a random accident. You're here with a purpose. You're here from a designer. Someone that has a plan, a perfect plan, then it's not driven out of loneliness. You're driven out of love from the creator. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the weeks to come, we're going to explore the heavens and the earth a little bit more, but just the magnitude of that statement, all a summary statement, the heavens, can you imagine? What a statement that is in one sentence. All that the Hubble telescope has uncovered in even recent years, the expanse of the billions of universes that are out there. You're like, what in the world are we talking about in that statement? The uh, magnitude of that statement is unbelievable. We have a God that's a creator that designed all of it, that spoke it into existence. So that's our background. Now he moves in verse 2. He hones in a little bit on what part of the universe, speaking specifically about the earth. Look in verse 2. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the very first day. Pretty cool to see this description. If you think about it, Scripture is in this picture isn't just intending to give us a history lesson. It's also intending to let us get to know God a little bit better. You think about all of our time that we spend in God's word. It's not just a, it's just not a, a bit of information you're gathering and collecting. It's the intent because it's a love letter for us to get to know our maker. And so, like I mentioned before, my hope isn't just to present information. My hope is also to help us identify some different characteristics that we see of God in these different days. The first one is that he has a vision for our life. You're like, where do you see that, Pastor Scott? Well, I see it all over that initial picture. Because what does he start by saying? He started with a planet. It was completely absent of form and void. Form and void. In other words, it's a a sphere that's covered with water, but it doesn't have any form or shape to it. There's no indents causing land to be exposed. There's no depths that cause water to fall in. It's it's just just this circular water-covered planet. He sees that and he decides, all right, that's a canvas that I'm actually going to work with. 
I don't know, I've noticed a trend with my kids recently. They're kind of into this guy by the name of Bob Ross. Do you guys remember this guy? He's been around for like 800 years. But, uh, but this, uh, if you, has anyone watched some of the, his paintings before? It's always shocking to me. He starts with this blank canvas. He's got the sweet afro, and he's, uh, he's got the canvas, and he always, he's like, oh, you just got to start with a blank canvas. Then he goes to work, and all the way through the whole process, I'm thinking to myself, that looks like garbage. That looks like garbage. Then he does kind of this, whatever he does, and by the end of it, you're like, wow, that looks really cool. <laughs> like, what in the world? How did you see that in your mind's eye? How, how were you able to take this picture and bring it to reality? You know how he's able to do that? Because he's an image bearer of God. We have a God that saw this blob and said, oh, I've got a picture of what I'm going to make it. I've got a design in place. I'm going to start by doing what? Turning on the lights. I love that. Like, that's the very first thing that our God does. He's like, well, we need a little light on this situation. So he spoke light into existence. Most likely, this is the very beginning of that fiery ball that began in this moment at his words. And do you guys notice any kind of a pause or hesitation in that? It says, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. I see immediate response there. And this light he saw, and he separated the light from the darkness. Most likely, that was the start of the earth's daily rotation around its axis. Either way, it's a pretty awesome feat in that initial design. He saw something, he saw what it was, and he said, this is what I'm going to make it into for us that have question about our current situation and what our life looks like right now. You don't have to worry because you have a God That's the designer. He has a plan for you. He has a future. We're told that all over scripture. He's working on you. You're not finished yet, which is good news for some of us, me in particular. God's designing. He's shaping for us to realize that. He starts this out of the gates. And I love to point out also the involvement of the Trinity, even right out of the gates. Verse 2, what does it say? It says, the Spirit of God was hovering over the water. Later on in the book of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, it's described the involvement of Jesus Christ in the creation. So it was a, a team effort, all of them, in the design and making of the world in which we know and love. Here's right out of the gate. He has a vision for your life, whether you can see it or not. Day 2, verse 6. And God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse. And it was so. And God called the expanse heaven. And there was evening and there was morning the second day. Love this. Again, we see at the word of God, and God said, which means willed or decreed or appointed. He he spoke something in this earth that was completely covered with water. All of a sudden, he takes what would be a mind-boggling problem to solve and says, let's move some of the water, keep it down, and move some of it up. This is the introduction of the atmosphere. 
You know, just a simple problem, right? You're like, hey, hey, how should we do this? I'm, he's forecasting. I've got plants to make in the future. I've got animals. I've got to figure out how to have water that's covered around them. But I also have to have water that's going to come from the, the sky. But I got to make it so that the water that's in the sky doesn't keep drifting off into space. And so we'll, we'll just do this atmosphere thing. Now, my question for you, you see it on the screen. He's an amazing problem solver. Tell me which of your problems are greater than the atmosphere one here. Like, which of your problems is, is something that you're like, yeah, I don't think he can figure out that financial thing or, or how to deal with this uh, home issue that I have or this uh, health thing. I, I think it's a, a little bit too big for our God. He's like, yeah, I, I did the atmosphere thing. Remember that? I separated water from the earth. That whole gravity thing I introduced, you know, all those different laws that I put into to place. Are you kidding me? We have a God that can solve any of the things that we're facing. We see it splashed, no pun intended, all over this account in Genesis. He's a problem solver. He loves it. He loves to take things that seem like chaos and say, I'm going to bring order, solution to it. We've introduced a new thing this fall to kind of expand the potential ministry of this church. We put in place a new internship program. You'll be hearing more about that in the weeks to come, and it's fun to see how God's been orchestrating. We for sure have four that are starting, potentially even six starting this fall, and so excited about that. And in some different conversations in the spring and through the summer with different people that showed interest, one of the, the guys that some of you might already know. His name's Kevin Powell. He's attended to the church for a while. I remember this last spring having lunch with him and he was explaining his kind of background in the military and some different health issues that he had and kind of but feeling a tug towards moving towards vocational ministry. I remember specifically having the conversation with him. I'm like, well, if you feel God's calling towards that, He'll work out all the details. These are the things I say to people at Chipotle without having all the answers. You know, I'm like, I'm like he, he's going to work it out. If, if there's a call there, he'll solve it. And uh, I didn't think much about it, but he was just coming back to me, even this uh, start of the internship program. And he was saying, he's like, that really meant a lot to me. And he was saying, you know, I, I ended up, it was a real faith stretch because the our pay rate for interns isn't quite as, uh, as good as government positions. And, uh, and so we're talking about this. He's like, I was real hesitant because I have a, a wife and kids and trying to figure that out and how to manage both. And he started, it was so cool to see. He has some, as I mentioned, some different health issues uh, that were uh, based out of his time in the military. He started, uh, I guess it would be like three weeks ago now, started here at the church and he said in the very first week of starting here, kind of, okay, God, what are we going to do here? How are we going to manage all this? He got word after months and months of waiting back from the government that they're intending to support him financially at the highest bracket possible for anybody with reoccurring health issues out of the military. And in fact, they're so committed that they want to pay for his ongoing schooling. So they're going to pay for his Bible college while he's doing his internship here. So the government's paying for our first interns here at ABF. How cool is that? Like, uh, I love it. Well, they pay for a lot of other not so great things. And so it was fun to see God doing a work. It, it was awesome to see just for him, just the renewed faith. I mean, we have a God that pays attention. He hasn't forgotten you. And maybe somebody here this morning, that's the whole reason you needed to show up. Just hearing that one statement. He hasn't forgotten you. He sees you. 
He has a plan for you. He wants to problem solve with you. He wants to walk through your situation with you. That's the God that we're dealing with. And we see it all the way back in the beginning. A beautiful thing here in scripture. Continuing in the text. So day three, he established how things work best is what I titled it. It says, and God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit trees, bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind, on the earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which their uh, seed each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. Pause there for the, uh, this week. That's as far as we're going to go in the text. But I'm just wondering in this room, how many would describe yourself as a type A personality you like when things are very specific and in their place and there's an order you do not leave the house without making your bed anybody describe yourself as that anybody when they go in their house when you come home you don't like to have things you don't feel settled when there's stuff all over the place when there's disarray anybody else like that or is it just me you see here's the thing there's an order to things, and guess where it originates? This is good for us type A people. It all originates with him, with him. So everyone else that's not wired like that, if you want to be an accurate demonstration of God, no, I'm just kidding. We won't go there. But here's, here's, here's the picture, is he put things in place all the way from the beginning. You don't have to wonder if this was a random, stumbled upon existence here, that, that, that this earth, like, oh yeah, I, w I wonder how that tree became. You see it right there. He created trees. He created plants. He sep separated the water. We don't know what all that included. Most likely shifting of plates underneath that, that made room for water to fall, raised up of volcanoes, whatever created. I don't argue with any of that stuff. He did it, but the source is the amazing thing that it all started with a word from God. He created earth he created plants. He put all of them. And you notice he said, he said it how many times? Like four times. And they each had seed. Okay, we get it. They had seed. They had seed. This idea that he put in place a system that was self-sustaining. Pretty awesome picture of our designer. All of it. All of it of specific design. Very organized. And he keeps on saying, he keeps on mentioning according to its own kind. It wasn't, a, it wasn't like, whoa, this kind became another kind, and this kind, whoa, how'd that become? He's like, no, it became very specific. There's kinds, there's things put in place. And I love that seeing about our designer and how many of us, when we go and walk in the woods, we see the fingerprints just the same. You're like, wow, look how that started, and look at that tree, and look how this is growing. And he's sustaining all of it all at the same time. That's the maker that we're dealing with. And here's the piece that I wanted to leave us with this morning. At the thing that I've, the theme that we've had running through this whole section, and we'll continue to see it in the future and the remaining days of creation. What's his conclusion after he's done all this stuff? I love it. He's like, oh man, it was good. 
It was good. It was really, really good. And here's the important thing. Because after you've wrestled through the initial question, is there a God? The next question that you've got to wrestle through is, is that God good? Is that God good? And we see right here out of the gates that we have a loving, good God. That's orderly. That's a problem solver. That's all powerful. That there's nothing that's outside of his realm of of being able to solve or fix or make new. He is a good God. If there's anything that I'd leave us with this morning, that would be it. That he's the designer. He made it all. It all originates with him. And we'll get to in the future weeks the rest of the things that he created, including us. And so there's so much to look forward to in this study. But we have a good powerful, all-loving, all-knowing God that's worthy of our praise. Let me pray as we wrap up. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this section of scripture and this picture of our origin, where it all started. And I thank you that it started with you. You existed even before time. You invented time. You put that in place as well. It's pretty awesome to know where we came from with a purpose, with a plan. We're going to see as this unpacks, I know God, uh, with more clarity, pieces about our origin. But we thank you for not leaving us to wonder and guess. You told us the origin. We praise you for that now. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Hopefully this is an encouragement to you and these weeks to come will really bless you looking at our origin. A couple reminders just before you leave. If there's something specific we can be praying for, we have a couple volunteers here available in the front. Uh, Otherwise, we do once a month, we do an offering, a second offering just to help out specific needs in our congregation. If you want to give towards that, you're welcome to do that. Otherwise, have a great rest of your Sunday. God bless you.